Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, the uh, Secretary of Homeland Security, avoided an impeachment process getting started against him this week, and he did so because eight Republicans joined the 201 Democrats in blocking it. Two of those Republicans were from North Carolina. Patrick McHenry and Virginia Fox. I have, uh, I reached out to uh, McHenry's office for a statement. And uh, then I saw uh, Virginia Fox's office. They had also put out a statement about this. And so here is the rationale, because I know people were asking. uh, And if you weren't asking before, uh, you're probably asking after I just told you uh, (laughs) that they, uh, they joined with the Democrats. Why would they do that, Pete? I hear your cry. So here are their explanations. First, this is from Patrick McHenry's uh, office, his statement. Um, I believe we should follow regular order and make the best argument possible. Homeland Security Committee Chair Mark Green has been working on this matter since January. He and his committee should have the opportunity to finish their work so the case against Secretary Mayorkas is as strong as possible, thereby increasing the chances of his successful removal In a Senate trial, I believe last night's vote was rushed and the effort was doomed to fail. Furthermore, impeachment is a hugely significant vote and not one that should be taken lightly. Nancy Pelosi cheapened the process with her. Yeah, with her two politicized impeachments of President Trump. I think House Republicans should be more serious and responsible with our powers than Pelosi, Adam Schiff. for brains and their allies we should make a strong case that can succeed on its merits not simply try to score political points i kind of see his argument i also understand the argument that you know you're playing by the old set of rules and this is why republicans keep losing right like If you're not going to use these tools that they used against you, they weaponized it against you, and you're not going to use them, you're not going to pick up the the weapon that they have dropped on the ground after electoral defeat, right? You're not going to pick it up and use it against them. Then you're 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 fighting it from a disadvantage. So he's uh, he's arguing that they should let the committee, the Homeland Security Committee, come forward with its work, and then that's going to increase the chance that Mayorkas actually gets removed in the Senate. Because remember, the impeachment is simply the paperwork, right? The House does all of the paperwork, and then they vote on it, and if he's if he gets impeached, then you just send it along to the Senate, and that's where there would be the trial, right? And then you would need to get two-thirds in the Senate. Do you think you're going to get two-thirds in the Senate? Democrats control the body. So 
maybe you get a majority, right? Like maybe you could get one or two Democrats from a state, like maybe, uh, well, Arizona, uh, Kristen Cinema. She may vote for it. I don't know. Uh, the astronaut guy, isn't he a senator? He might vote for it because it's a border state, right? They may be under pressure to do so, but like may, maybe Tester up in, uh, uh, where is he, Montana, right? He may, I don't know. Do you think you get to two-thirds? There's a hundred senators. You would need to get to, let me see, uh, carry, uh, carry the six. And it's like, that's like 66. No, 67, because you would round it up. So, yeah, you, I don't know. I don't know if you get to two-thirds. Even if you give the committee time to develop all of its work. Or maybe the timing is better after Christmas, after the new year. Election season underway, make it a part of the election. Or maybe you strike after some, you know, some big news story hits regarding unauthorized immigrants in the country. I don't know. You don't have to wait very long. There's usually one about every week, you know? What did Virginia Fox say? Here's her statement. It's lengthier. In January, I offered my full-throated support of launching an impeachment inquiry into Secretary Mayorkas and not stooping to the same level as House Democrats when they launched a snap impeachment crusade against President Trump. Like the impeachment inquiry into President Biden that's currently underway between the committees of jurisdiction, oversight and accountability, ways and means, and judiciary, the same must be done for an impeachment effort against Secretary Mayorkas. House Republicans made clear in our commitment to America, right, that was their platform, remember, at the during the last election cycle, commitment to America, that they would... She says that we made this commitment that we would restore regular order in Washington. And that means putting in the work and exposing the truth, even while some want to cut corners and do the opposite. If the United States Senate is to follow our lead and impeach Secretary Mayorkas as well, we'd better do things by the book from the get-go. Shortcuts are not an option. Look, maybe... Maybe the strategy would be different if the Senate was controlled by the Republicans, right? Maybe if uh, Republicans had carried Georgia, right? Maybe if they had won those Senate seats in Georgia or Arizona, right? Maybe it would be different. She goes on to say, yes, Alejandro Mayorkas must be held accountable for his egregious failures. There's no doubt about that. But giving the Judiciary Committee under the chair, uh, under the leadership of Chairman Jim Jordan the opportunity to conduct a full-scale impeachment inquiry the right way, House Republicans are fulfilling the commitments we made to the American people and rising to a level that Democrats could never do. See, here's okay. Here's the here's the thing. Does that matter? Does it matter? Because they're not going to get credit. Republicans are not going to get credit for holding themselves to a higher standard of regular order than Democrats did. Democrats suffered no penalties. But even if they did, even if they got dragged by the media for the impeachments, right, even if the, even if that happened, it doesn't matter to, to, to the left. It doesn't. When they get into power, they rule. They, they do as much as they can. And then they lose 
because people are like, whoa, 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 we didn't know you meant that leftist, right? And then they get thrown out. They lose after a couple of uh, elections. They lose their majority or something. And then the Republicans come in, and you get what we saw with Obamacare. Well, you know, it's already on the books. Like, nothing we can do. And my friends, my friends are thumbed down. I don't know. I hate Donald Trump. I'm going to stick with Obamacare because of him. Right? That's what we get. So maybe this strategy doesn't work anymore. I would like to be high-minded enough and say, oh, you know what? I, I think we should remain above the fray. I think we should hold ourselves to the higher standard. But at some point, like when you're like, I'm not going to go and kick that person in the groin during this street fight, and they keep kicking you in the groin, at some point, like, do you do you have to fight dirty to win? You know, do you have to match it? Like, for example, if uh, if you punch somebody in the face, should they punch you in the face? Is that allowed? Is that a proportionate response, you know? Representative Fox went on to say in the statement, quote, I opposed the snap impeachment Democrats launched against President Trump and Republicans can do better than to take a page out of the Democrat political playbook. I look forward to voting for the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas when we've adhered to regular order and make good on our commitments. So there is the explanation. Like it or not, Mayorkas lives to leave the border open for a little bit longer. A couple of messages here uh, regarding our two North Carolina Republicans who voted with all of the Democrats to block an impeachment of the uh, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Mark says, Pete, on the Mayorkas thing, you can't play hardball with a wiffle ball bat. That is true. Well, unless you're going to strike out every time. But as soon as you make contact, yeah, that bat's done. Um, this is from D. Stewart, who says on uh, Twitter, it's a Pete tweet, says, maybe any other issue, but immigration is a concern for both sides. Both failed their North Carolina constituents, in my opinion. That's uh, a reference to Congressman Patrick McHenry and Congresswoman Virginia Fox, who both said that uh, they support impeaching Mayorkas, but it's got to go through the committee process first, the regular order, because that's the proper protocol. Just because Democrats do stuff poorly and they, they blow up the rules, they do end runs around law and stuff, doesn't mean that Republicans should, too. That's, that's their argument. That was their argument. They said, let the committees finish their work, and then we will bring forward the impeachment uh, charges or the inquiry uh, after that. I can kind of see their point on this. Um, but I don't, yeah, but I, I don't know what the committee's working on. I don't know how it's been, um, how it's been explored and what the, what the fruits of that investigation are going to yield. I, I don't know, but we'll see, I guess, you know, we'll see. Um, and remember all of this did get sidetracked by the, uh, by the fight over the speakership. So we probably would have been a little bit further along, I think on this, on some of this stuff, but. What do I know? Just a little old radio host here. Um, I got some polling. Uh-huh. A wartime poll, actually. These are the results of an opinion poll among 
Palestinians in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Uh, data collected between uh, Halloween, October 31, and November 7th. This was conducted by the Arab World for Research and Development, also called the AWRAD, or as I call it, the AWRAD. The team conducted the survey through tablet-assisted face-to-face interviews across the West Bank and in shelters and households in three southern Gaza governorates, 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 areas, Dar al-Balah, Khan Yunus, and Rafa, three different areas. All right, so they did face-to-face interviews. They had tablets to help people as they were doing it. Um, the polls sample includes all socioeconomic groups, ensuring equal representation of adult men and women, and is proportionately distributed across the West Bank and Gaza. With a 95% confidence interval, the margin of error for the poll is plus or minus 4%. All right, so uh, that's the background on it. I will tell you, do you want to guess? you want to take a guess what the poll results show? Well, they were asked about their opinions on, you know, Hamas, the war, who do they think is going to win, what's going to happen after the war, that sort of stuff. What do you think? What do you think the results show? Let's go to the phone lines and talk to Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, hey, Uh, having a great Friday in the Queen City, but heading up to Rowan now to do a little bit of work. But, hey, kind of disappointed in Patrick McHenry. You know, Rush said you can't compromise with liberals. You've got to defeat their ideology. And some of these races are being decided by coin toss. I suggest uh, a little fist of cup. Uh, to settle some of this stuff, as, as you being a bouncer, I think uh, ah. you know, not tongue, tongue in cheek, you know, uh, but uh, that t- uh, good blow to the tongue in cheek could bring some clarity. Well, to be fair, I was a doorman, not really a bouncer. Although called upon in certain circumstances, I did engage in some of the bouncing activities. But um, that was a very, very, very long time ago. Um, I don't know. I think maybe. Uh, Maybe we start with the arm wrestling. I think we start there. Rather than straight up fisticuffs, maybe start with the arm wrestling. Yeah. Ralph, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Um, because if we start with the with, with the arm wrestling, then we can we can totally use that Skittles commercial where we solve it in the usual way. Solve it in the usual way, you know? And then everybody can walk around Congress with one really overdeveloped arm. I was kind of curious to see if that guy, what was his name, Mark Wayne Mullins, was going to lay the smack down on that union guy who, I don't know anything about the union guy, but the Mark Wayne Mullins guy, that senator, like that dude was an MMA guy. I think he was really good. I th- if I remember correctly, I read the bio about him. He was apparently pretty good. And um, the union guy... He did not look like he could hold his own unless he had a whole bunch of union thugs around him. You know, he just doesn't. Ca- he yeah, he just he doesn't cast an imposing figure, if you will. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think they should have. They should have done. They should have done what we used to do in high school. So growing up, 
the high school that I went to, West Islip High School, um, back behind the school property was the parking lot, the seniors' parking lot. So if you were a senior, you could drive a car, but you had to park in this back lot. And um, the back lot was surrounded by a creek. And uh, that creek had an access point across it over this little bridge that then went to a neighborhood behind it. So all of the kids like that lived over on that side of the uh, of the of town, they would all if they were walking home from school, you know, like after the budgets failed and they cut all of the school bus service, then they would have to walk home. And so they would walk through there. So anyway, that was called the bridge for obvious reasons. And we weren't very creative. So any time there was any kind of a beef, you would meet at the bridge to throw down. But you would just meet at the bridge because you couldn't fight at the bridge or on the bridge because the bridge was only like six feet wide, you know, just a little concrete bridge, maybe about 10 feet long. It wasn't, it's just a creek, you know. And, um, and so you didn't actually fight on the bridge. You would fight past the bridge. So you go into that neighborhood and the people who lived in the (laughs) cul-de-sac where the bridge went into would find these mobs of kids cheering on a fight, fight, fight on their front lawns. Like one of the guys that lived there was repeatedly out there breaking up fights. Yeah. It's uh, I would not. Yeah. Like I, how do you sell that house? You know, anyway, that was the bridge. I think they should have something like that um, at the Capitol. Maybe that's the way you do it. So you're not, you're not throwing hands inside the buildings. Although, uh, you know, there was the famous case of the guy getting beaten down with a cane. Sumner, right? Wasn't that his name? That did the beating and and beat the guy from somewhere up north. I forget uh, I forget who got the beating. But it was over slavery, you know. Anyway, um, maybe give him canes. Everybody gets a cane when you get sworn in. They say canes, I say canes, to quote the uh, documentary West Side Story. Anyway, the uh, wartime poll that came out from all rad, that is the Arab World for Research and Development, A-W-R-A-D, they conducted a survey of Palestinians. And I have the results here. This was done uh, over the course of a week. Uh, basically the first week of November. Um, 100% of respondents in Gaza, because they were Gaza and West Bank Palestinians that were surveyed, 100% in Gaza said there is no safe space for them or their families in Gaza. 85% say they do not know where they will go if forced to leave their areas of residence. 48% surveyed uh, in Gaza reported that their home was completely or partially demolished. 90% of respondents in both West Bank and Gaza support an immediate ceasefire. 91% reported having no trust in the directions provided by the Israeli military, including those provided through paper leaflets, electronic means, or phones. So even though the Israelis are telling them to get out, telling them where they're going to be moving into what areas and stuff, 91% say they don't believe them. 
14% of the population in Gaza said at least one immediate relative had been killed. 14%. What else? 65% perceived the present war as a conflict targeting all Palestinians, while only 18% viewed it as a war between Israel and Hamas. I found this result to be particularly interesting considering the accusations that I and other hosts at WBT have somehow been promoting this idea that this is a war against all Palestinians and all Palestinians are Hamas and all that. 65%, two-thirds of the Palestinians, they say that. Are you going to, I guess they're going to have to organize a protest against them in Gaza. Reasons cited for the October 7th attacks. They were asked, why did, why did Hamas attack? 35% said oppression, particularly attacks on Al-Aqsa. I think that's the mosque, right, in one of the areas, I believe. Uh, Jerusalem, right? Um, Also, uh, ending the occupation and stopping settlements, 33%, and breaking the blockade of Gaza, cited as the main reason by 21% of the respondents. That's the vast majority. That's over 85% or so. List those three reasons. A small percentage reported that the main reasons behind the war are related to regional interests, like serving the interests of Iran and stopping the ongoing peace and normalization process with Israel. Only 6% said that. That's it. So their narrative, their propaganda has been working very, very well inside the West Bank and Gaza. Oh, but wait, there's more. What do you think they think of Hamas? All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even because being prepared is just smart carolina readiness supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency in waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran owned carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out all right so this uh this survey of palestinians in the west bank and gaza Asked them a number of questions, a whole bunch of questions, and um, let's see here. Uh, do they support the October 7th attacks, or do they oppose them? Like, do you strongly support? Do you just support? Do you oppose, or do you strongly oppose? What percentage of Palestinians do you think supported the attacks of October 7th. 59% strongly supported. 16% supported to some extent. Add them together, and you've got 75% in support of the attacks. Now, maybe they are just as misguided and lied to and 
you know, drinking the propaganda Kool-Aid like the protesters were out here at the radio station last week. And they believe that the October 7th attacks did not actually target anybody except soldiers. Maybe. 11% reported that they neither supported nor opposed it. 13% expressed opposition. That's it. 13% opposed. And by the way, what, is, what, what drives that number higher are the Palestinian responses in the West Bank, not the ones in Gaza. Yeah. Strong support for the attacks was at 68% in the West Bank as compared to Gaza, where only 47% strongly support the attacks. And uh, one interpretation of this data is that the reason why you see less support, strong support for the attacks among the Gaza Palestinians is because they're the ones who are suffering the ramifications of the attacks. Who do, who do you think is going to win the expectations of victory? They were asked about this as well. Neither side will win. 14% said that. Uncertain, just 10%. That leaves a total of about 76% up for grabs. Who do you think is going to win? 73% say the Palestinians will. They think they're going to win. 73%. Only 3% think Israel will win. How do you think uh, the war is going to end? They were asked. 79% expected that the war will lead to the release of all Palestinian political prisoners held in Israeli jails. 75% expected a victory in which Gaza repels the Israeli invasion. This is why they get set up for humiliation. They have been led to believe that they will emerge victorious. This is like Baghdad Bob levels of, uh, of self-deception, de- uh, right? Just denial or ignorance. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's you know, a couple thousand of these people that were, um, that were surveyed, so... They've all got different, you know, sources for news and that sort of thing. So I don't know. But if they don't win, do you think that's going to be a tough pill to swallow when three quarters of them think that they are totally going to win this thing? 75% supported the establishment of a national unity government after the war. I mean, not with the Jews, not with them. No, with the the other Palestinians, West Bank plus Gaza. But um, a... They're not really, only 14% wanted to, uh, Hamas to lead it. So you're like, oh, well, that's great, right? So that's kind of a rejection of Hamas. Yeah, not so much, because only 8% wanted it to be led by Fatah. So not really sure who would lead it, but... Then they were asked about their most positive views of various regional actors. Number one, the Al-Qassam Brigades. The terrorists, basically, that went into Israel. That's 89% favorable view. Islamic Jihad, number two at 84%. Al-Aqsa Brigade, 80%. Hamas, 76%. Arab media, then, at 48%. The very top 
of the list here. The most positive views are of Al-Qassam, Islamic Jihad, Al-Aqsa, and Hamas. That's the Palestinian view. (laughs) 